Worship brings healing. I often wonder why people don't flock to the house of God. I don't believe they realize that worship brings healing. And that's a great truth. Amen. We need to get people under the sound of the gospel. And we need to get them in a fellowship like this so desperately when they're broken. And when there's brokenness, there is revival. That's a road that leads to revival. Amen. Thank God. That was a good truth. Amen. All right, I'm just going to, uh, I'm, I'm not really preaching to 8.30. And uh, I might be a wind sucker tonight, so uh, y'all hold on because uh, I ain't got much wind. But um, uh, any other preachers have a, something burn on your heart? I believe that was burned on his heart. That's one point out of four. I'll take the other three and preach it. Amen, if you don't mind. And um, please pray for the summit. They've transferred it from Gatlinburg to Ohio just because there's a lot of Yankees up there that want to go on the mission field. Amen. And so uh, they're, I think they're going to uh, drive most of the night and get there. And uh, they're tired and weary from all the Christmas just like you are. But I appreciate them. Keep on going. One day uh, it'll be... You'll be too tired to go, like me, and um, you'll need to uh, thank God in your youth that you served the Lord. That's what I'm going to preach on tonight, just for a few minutes, unless anybody else has got a message burning on their heart. Uh, Brother Jeremy had his chance last Wednesday. He, he better not get back up, amen? Anyway, um, that was a great message. I appreciate Brother Jeremy filling in for me. I went down to Hesperville and preached for Brother Josh and Brittany, and they're doing a great work. We had a great service, great service. Our Ecclesiastes 11, I'll just finish this study tonight. And uh, I don't know if I'll finish it all or not because i got so much on my heart about um, what is life all about. This will, this will be an excellent New Year's message, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to preach long uh, on New Year's Eve, Eve, Sunday, this Sunday night. But, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is the last verse the last two verses of this, of this book. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let's stand on the word of God. Amen. You've been sitting a while. Verse 13 and 14. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, I want you to be seated as I pray, and I want you to ask God to to talk to you about the reason that you're alive this morning or tonight. Father, thank you for the good message and the good thought. And God, help us to truly worship you. And I pray, dear God, for these scriptures that's burning in my heart. I really want to uh, uh, share what you've laid on my heart because, Lord, you've really touched my heart studying this this afternoon. And, Lord, I realized a few things I'd never realized before. And I pray, dear God, that you'd help us to just apply it to our hearts and realize what our life's all about. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. What is life all about? You know, life, is life worth living? A lot of people don't think it is. And Ecclesiastes is a book about a man who started under the sun. And he, and he finally got his perspective over the sun. In other words, everything under the sun's now, the nasty now and now, and it's monotonous of life, it's the vanity of the world's wisdom, it's the futility of the world's wealth, and it's the certainty of death that he keeps bringing up in Ecclesiastes. And uh, in chapter 11, we discovered last week or the week before last, 
was out of town last Wednesday, that life is an adventure. Look at verse 1 and 2 of chapter 11 just real quick. It says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. By the way, we thank God for all you, um, uh, I keep saying, uh, master club leaders being with us tonight, because I know you do a great job back in there with all the kids. I appreciate you being here tonight. It says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. The greatest adventure in life is the Christian faith. And when you're a saved Christian and you're sanctified and thrilled, filled, and satisfied with all God's blessings, knowing that you're in the ministry, it is an adventure. It's like a merchant. Uh, and and, and, and um, this was a very rich man that was speaking, Solomon, and he would take a lot of times and invest by loading up ships and taking them uh, and sending them off and then they'd come back maybe in a year or so, and there'd be a bounty of, uh, of blessings. He says, your life is casting your bread upon the water. So life's an adventure, and you ought to live by faith. You ought to realize that God didn't call you just to exist. God didn't call you just to occupy until he came. God called you to invest in other people's lives. And the greatest adventure in this world is to plant the seed. That's the second um, uh, analogy in verse uh, 3 through 6 of a farmer. A farmer has never been an easy work farming, but it's worth it because you plant the seed and it comes back as great fruit. And so then life number two is a, is a gift. It's a gift. Enjoy it. In verse 7 it talks about enjoying life and the pleasant things and rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. And that's what I want to major on tonight is that you need to serve God while you got some energy. You need to serve God while you got some health. You need to serve God while you're young. And I'm glad the young people are in with us. And folks, uh, verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 7 through 9 is about rejoicing. And then uh, verse 10 is about removing. And then chapter 12, 1 through 8 is about remembering. And so first of all, you have that rejoicing. You rejoice in all your blessings. You know, you, are, you ought to rejoice in every breath that God gives you. Every heartbeat is an individual blessing from God. And one day it's going to be over. And I don't know when that day is, and you don't either, but you ought to live each day as if it's your last. When you go to a cemetery, the most important thing on a marker is the dash between the dates. It's not when you was born and when you ended. It's, folks, what happened in between those two dates. I'll never forget the day that I was eating clam chowder with Charles Cofield at the Howard Johnson's on Rocky face exit. And I began to choke. And I began to uh, lose my breath. And fluid began to uh, accumulate in my lungs. And he's a chemist. And he said, and I, was, and I just asked him, uh, if you died today, do you know you'd go to heaven? Because I wanted to make sure another Cofield was saved. And I don't know if he's saved or not. Some of you that work for him, y'all can make that conclusion. But I want to say this. I want to say this real clear. As soon as I asked that question, I started demonstrating dying. And he rushed me in his convertible Mercedes. Never been ushered to a doctor like that, to my two-shot doctor, Dr. Thomas, on Cleveland Highway. And when he looked at me, he says, don't bring him in here. He's having an allergic reaction. Get him to the emergency room. They rushed me over there, and they met me in the parking lot, put adrenaline in my arm or something. I don't know what it was. Put the oxygen on me. Put the heart rate on me. My wife was called. She came in the emergency room. She said, I told you that you was going to have a heart attack if you didn't slow up. 
And I said, honey, it wasn't a heart attack. It was clam chowder. And she's been trying to serve that to me ever since I got that life insurance policy. No. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something, friend. I about died over eating clam chowder. But I want to tell you something. When I got back home, my gripes were no longer gripes. My grumbles were no longer grumbles. My, my, my problems were no longer very big problems because I'd almost went to heaven. And I want to tell you something, friend. I'm going to tell you every day you ought to enjoy the pleasures of health. Amen? And that's what the next chapter is about. You know, there, there, the, verse 10 says, Therefore remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. In other words, he's saying this, without Christ and without God's will, it don't matter how much energy you have, how many resources you have, no matter how much you've cast your bread upon the water or plant the seed, if you don't do it in the will of God and the power of God for the glory of God, it is just vanity. It's emptiness. I feel sorry for the world that's investing everything into fun. You know, the greatest industry in the world is amusement. The word amusement means amuse, don't think. Just don't think, just escape. And folks, the amusement uh, industry, uh, uh, sports and other things have just taken over our world. That was the downfall of the Roman Empire, by the way, say amen. And folks, everybody just wants to be amused. They don't want to think. They don't want any responsibility. They don't want to worship. They surely don't want to come to church. But folks, life's a gift. Enjoy it. And remove some things in your life that's vanity. And get the proper priorities, amen. And then remember. Remember. I want you to look at verse uh, chapter 12. And, and I was thinking about this. And I really got a conviction. Uh, and uh, uh, I had a telemarketer today call me. And, uh, and, I, and I, I answered the phone. You know, and you, you just don't know when, when there's going to be a telemarketer or it's going to be a friend or, you know, you're going to be invited to preach somewhere or something, so you answer most of the phones on your cell phone. And I finally, she said, how old are you? I thought that was a personal question. I said, I'm 67. And you know what she said? She said, you don't sound like it. I said, lady, you ought to hear me on my good day. I do sound like it. I'm about to, can't even hardly breathe today for this stuff in my chest and and I, I, I started sharing all my problems with a telemarketer, praise God. You know, and, and she said, well, you don't sound like it. And I thought, well, what's a 67-year-old man supposed to sound like? Does she think I'm old? I mean, is that old? I've never thought of myself as old. But, you know, after I started studying chapter 12, I think I'm getting old. And it doesn't really threaten me, but it just tells me I can't do everything I used to do. Matter of fact, uh, when I finished this message, I retired. I said, I'm out of it. I, I'm over the hill. I'm gone. And that's why I'm preaching tonight, just to prove I ain't gone uh, yet. But um, I want you to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12 on, um, on this enjoying life. And life's a gift, and you ought to enjoy it. Look at verse 1. This is just so neat. Remember now, thy creator, in the days of thy youth, while the de evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, but when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. Folks, you know what this is saying? You ought to remember God because he's your creator. And folks, God is continually present in your life. What, know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, little s, disposition, which are the Lord's, you're not your own. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit. God is our creator, and by right, 
He has the right to be your authority. So amen right there. And folks, he controls your life, and he should have control over your life. And God owns the patent of your life, and he's never sold it. He is God. And the sooner you realize that, young people, and I'm so glad you're in here tonight, the sooner you realize that, the better you'll be aware that you're, that in your younger years, you ought to have a desire and energy for God. How many wish you had the energy and desire you had when you was a teenager? And, do, and here's, a, here's a better question. Don't you wish you'd have done more for God when you was in high school? I mean, you know, what was your, what was your, what was your major in high school? I'm not talking about college. I know, I know that. <clears throat> you have to have a major. But, you know, what most people in high school major on is self and getting their way and sports and fun. You know what we ought to major on? God. God gives us energy. God gives us strength. God gives us vitality. God gives us desire. God gives us energy. And folks, we ought to use that energy for God's glory and not waste a, a minute of it. Uh, these latter years, uh, <clears throat> the, the Bible says there'll be light and there'll be dark, but then after a while the dark comes back. In other words, in older years, you have pain, but it never goes away. In other words, it stays with you. All you that are over 40, you understand what I'm talking about? You used to could whip a cold in a single minute. And you could leap walls with a single bound. And you wore S on your T-shirt, say amen. And man, you had energy and strength and you worked out and you was Mr. Muscle. And, and now in your older age, the hurts and pains don't go away. That's what verse 2 says. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars or the dark darken, nor the clouds return after the rain. The clouds come back. But I want you to notice something else. It's so neat. Verse 3, it starts describing getting old. It says, In the days when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong man shall bow themselves. Now, the keepers of the house that tremble is the arms and the hands. They tremble. You know, you try to lift stuff up. Uh, Brother Coffus and Brother Chris, I think he showed up. Yeah, uh, we were trying to put up that uh, acoustic ceiling, and my, my arms were trembling. And then they all flaked out on me when we started getting that insulation and started throwing it all the place and started getting in our lungs and we didn't have a mask. And I thought, man, I, I did this 47 years ago and it was easy. But now it's a little harder, you know. And I said, why did I even start this? And I don't like to quit something I don't start, but I've quit already and waiting for some of y'all to take up the slack. But folks, the keepers of the house is your arms tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves. Folks, you know, that's the feet and the knees. That's the strong men a part of it. And listen to this, and the grinders cease. That's your molar teeth. <laughs> Woo! Because they are few. I mean, he's got few teeth. Only your denture man knows for sure. And those that look out of the windows be dark, and then your eyes get faint. I mean, I had to special order glasses the other day, uh, and thank God I got them before Christmas. I, amen. I mean, uh, I need all three levels of my glasses right now. And I'm glad I'm clear now. I can see every move you make. It's great. Amen, I think. But look at this. And the door shall be shut in the streets. That's your eyes. When the sound of the grinding is low, that's when your ears start going. You shall rise up at the voice of the bird, 
and all the daughters of music shall brought low. That's when you can't sleep because the dog starts barking. I'm going to kill one little dog, amen, in the name of Jesus. Name's Casey. He barks for nothing, absolutely nothing. At 7 o'clock a.m., just starts barking. If it wasn't for Pappy, one of y'all would have that dog, amen, somewhere. Amen. Chris would take it. But I want to tell you this, friend. Um, I hear a noise. I wake up. I cannot sleep long. I can't sleep in. Some of you teenagers can sleep till 12 o'clock. No, not when you get my age, you can't sleep at 12 o'clock. They'd have to pull you out of bed if you sleep at 12 o'clock, amen? And that's what that description is. Isn't this sort of neat? Now, all of you are depressed. It's getting old, like, you know. But look at this. Look at verse 5. It says, and when they shall be afraid of that which is high. Oh, here we go now. And the fear shall be in thy way. Uh, folks, are scared of heights. When you get older, you, you can just fall off a ladder and roll and get back up. If you fall off a ladder now, you have to call 911. It takes two paramedics to pull you up. Come on. Listen to this now. And it says, and the almond tree shall flourish. That's your white hair or your no hair. Amen. Look at this. And the grasshopper shall be a burden. And desire shall fall upon them. Folks, listen. Uh, you know, that, that, that talking about the little things. And grasshopper has a short term at the end of the season of their life. They get real weak and they can't even chirp. You know, and so it says, and the desire shall fail. Your appetites fail. I know I'm sick when I can't eat. When I don't eat, my wife calls 911 because I'm really sick. Or she makes me go to the doctor. Because man goeth to the long home and the mourners uh, go about the streets. Now all he was saying is this. All he's saying is this. Remember, your life is short at the longest. And then he goes into verse six, uh, 6 and says, Ever the silver cord be loosed or the golden bowl be broke or the pitcher be broken at the fountain of the wheel broken at system. That's talking about the whole circulatory system shuts down. The, the, the fountain or the wheel broken at the system, at the source of water that pulled the water, your whole circulatory system, uh, your circulation. The golden bowl talks about the brain. Uh, the day Miss Pinion fell, hope she's not listening, she's in church I'm sure. And the doctor said anytime you fall after you're 70, get to the doctor as soon as you can. And she said why? Says because your brain shrinks and there's a lot of more room for damage to your brain. Well, you know, I can testify when you get older, your brain does shrink. Say amen. You lose your keys five times a day. You, you wonder where you're going. You know, uh, it's pathetic when you start losing your memory. Amen. And, you know, you ought to thank God for every thought. You ought to thank God for every recount of, 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 of Scripture. And you ought to... Counted a blessing to be able to remember Alzheimer's disease is, is so heart-wrenching and such a heartbreak to see people don't even recognize each other. And, and I know Miss Trudy's dad just went through that. And, 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 and Pappy uh, always told, told us to, about Grandmama says she's getting Alzheimer's disease. I can't get her to remember. And she, would, she would try for hours and hours to get ready for church and she couldn't remember uh, what she, where she was going, and it broke her heart. And so, friend of mine, if you got a clear thought tonight, you ought to thank God for it. And if you can remember this morning, you ought to be praising God. Say amen. And God's not just blessing you to say you're blessed. God's blessing you to be a blessing 
and worship the Lord and help others that are hurting. And so God is our creator. And by right, He has the right and control of your life. And folks, the latter years should not be wasted. It ought to be an adventure of faith. But folks, we need to remember, remember this. Remember God before you get weak. Verse 3 through 5. The limbs tremble. The body stoops over. Verse 3b says, it says, it says that uh, they stoop over. Your teeth get loose. Your eyesight fails. Your legs are weak. Your hearing fades. Your sleep is halted by birds. And you have fear of height. And your pace is slow like a grasshopper in its last days. And your desire is gone. And the Bible says, remember, your life is just a vapor. Therefore, glorify God with every breath. See, he's teaching the mistakes of forgetting God. And as a young man, Solomon forgot God. And Solomon worshipped other gods. And he married out of the will of God. And his heathen wives converted him. And he had wine, women, and song. And he lived with regret. How many of you regret the wasted years that you've had already in your life? I wish I'd have done more for Christ. I'm like Dr. Lee Robinson, not like Dr. Lee Robinson, but Dr. Lee Robinson told Dr. Clarence Sexton, said, <coughs> said um, do you have any, he said, I have one regret. I wish I'd had more faith. I thought that was a man of God that had more faith than any man I've ever met. And so we need to remember our Creator in the days of our youth. While the evil days come not. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says you ought to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. While I was preparing this message, right before I prepared this message, I sneezed and got a catch in my back. And I thought to myself, Brother Adam, I think I'm living out this message. A catch in my back. I was flat on the floor making Miss Connie stomp on my back trying to get it back in place. She did a good job. Now my whole back hurts. No, not really. Uh, but she, she, she was trying. My chiropractor's off till the January 3rd. Amen. And I just thank God for the strength to be here tonight. I thank God we can laugh together. We can smile together. We can rejoice together. That we can see each other. Amen. That we can, we can have compassion towards one another. You're closer than any family I have. Uh, yesterday we were celebrating Christmas in a place that looked like a resort. It was just a, it was a, a labyrinth. It was so it was so it was so nice. It was, uh, you looked out the window and you saw Lake Lanier, and and they had an upside down canoe with with lights coming out of it. And I've never seen anything like it in my life. I thought I died and went to a resort. It was their home. Their kitchen was as big as this whole middle section here. I'm not exaggerating. They had an 18 foot table. And it's only got four people in the family. And I want to tell you something. Not for a second, Brother Trent. Well, maybe for a little while. Not for a, just a little while, I was a little envious. I said, how did they get all this? And then I thought, there ain't nothing without the Lord. And you can have a house, and they're, good, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to, to grow in the Lord. And, but I want to tell you something, friend. Uh, it's not things that's going to buy happiness. It's what you do with your things that you give to God. Remember God 
Verse 6 says this, life's fragile. Verse 7 says, life's brief. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity is a vanity, saith the preacher. All is vanity. It's empty. It's fruitless. It's brief. The reasons that we should study the book of Ecclesiastes, verse 9, says, And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. He's saying, listen, I learned by my mistakes. That's why you ought to read this book. Then look at verse 10. And the preacher sought to find out except the words that which was written uh, was upright, even words of truth. He said, it's inspired. The book I wrote is inspired. Verse 11 says, the words of the wise are as, as golds and the nails fastened by the masters of the assembly, which are given from one shepherd. And folks, that's inspired. And further, they, by these, my son, be admonished of making many books. There is no end, and much study is awareness of the flesh. He's saying, listen, don't let any book replace the Bible. That's what he's saying. It's closing out here now. He's saying, folks, listen, uh, don't replace God's book with many books. Beware of not studying to show thyself approval. Workmen need not be ashamed. Let me just close by saying this, friend. He says, okay, here's the bottom line. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. You don't want to waste your life? You don't want to get old and grumpy and backslidden and leave God out? Well, worship heals. And worship heals others. And I feel sorry for people that leave worship out of their life. And I'm talking about going to the house of God and reverencing God by wearing your best, not coming casual, not coming, you know, with, a, with an attitude, this is just some, some old house, or this is just an activity, but this is God's house. That's why our music's different. Our preaching's different. Folks, our, our service is different. Because this is not the world, this is, this is God's house. Amen? You ought to teach your children that. To fear God. To fear God. That don't mean fear that he's going to strike them down. The fear of God means you, you teach them that God knows and that God is awesome and that God is almighty and that God is all you need and God should be reverenced. That's the fear of God. So the whole, the, here the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments. For This is the whole duty I started studying that, and I started thinking about fear of God. That means to revere Him. That means to worship Him. That means to know who He is. Fear God. And then the whole duty, that's the full original purpose of your creation. It's the foundation for all happiness. It's the foundation for all fulfillment. If you'll fear God and keep his commandments, your life will be full, it'll be fruitful, and it will be satisfying, and it'll be fulfilled. He said this is the duty of the whole man. It's the duty of, the, of, of, of man. And then it goes on to say, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be bad. You know, this is an awesome thought. With all the money and all the wisdom and all the wives and all the things that Solomon did and had, it came down to this fact. I need to fear God. 
and I blew it. I wasted my life with women and luxury and things of the world. And I backslid terribly and built temples to God's uh, people that sacrifice their own children to God, their gods. Heathen gods, heathen temples. 2 Kings chapter 11. And vanities of all vanities, everything under the sun was just under the sun. It was so temporal, it was so, it was so wasteful. And I can hear him say, listen, now that I'm old, I believe that every breath I take is a gift of God. Every heart beats from the Lord. And I'm going to fear God. And I'm going to keep His commandments. I'll be complete. I'll be fulfilled. And so, friend, if you're like me and you're not as young as you used to be, look back on your life. Hey, look back on this year. This last Wednesday night service we'll have. 2018, I can't believe it. Has this year been a good year as far as serving the Lord? As far as investing in people's lives? As far as enjoying life? I mean, have you enjoyed the presence of God in your life? Have you enjoyed worship? Have you enjoyed singing? Have you enjoyed being in the family of God, being in this church? Or have you taken it for granted? Or have you got out of sorts with Several people here. You're just kind of isolating yourself. You've wasted your year. And you're going to waste your life if something doesn't change drastically. And what needs to change drastically is that one day you'll give account, and I'll give account, whether it be good or bad, whether it be evil, that we're going to face Jesus. And what we do, we ought to do it for His glory. Amen? I want to close with a uh, thought from G. Campbell Morgan. He said, the fear of God and obedience to him are what makes people complete, what fills the hole in a human heart, and what brings satisfaction and meaning to life. He went on to say, man in his entirety must begin with God. The whole of man, the fear of God. Suddenly at the end of that period, while this illusion why this illusion? This man saw the bright shining of deep truth. Talking about Solomon. Over and over again, listening to him in his pessimistic wailing, we hear reoccurring almost monotonously one little phrase, under the sun. Preached that a dozen times in these weeks past. Under the sun, under the sun. This man has been living through all these experiences under the sun. Concerned with nothing above the sun. Until there comes a moment in which he has seen the whole of life. And there was something over the sun. It is only as a man takes account of that which is over the sun, as well as that which is under the sun, that things under the sun are seemed in their true light. Here is shown the way of folly. The way of folly is that of forgetting God and trying to satisfy a human soul with the things which are of dust. Fearing God and keeping His commandments was why we were created. It's our purpose in living. It's our source of satisfaction, what brings meaning to our life, 
what gives true joy to our life, what spares regret and pain in old age, what enables a person to face God in judgment with confidence rather than fear, what truly matters in life. Miss McCarty was in a car, and there was two young people that were talking about serving God. And one young person said, why don't you come to our church and why don't you get involved in God's work and why don't you come and, and just be a part of the ministry of our church? And she named the church. And this old wise lady was listening, not, not eavesdropping, just listening outside as they talked on the sidewalk. She was in her car waiting for her husband to come back to the car. And that young person looked at the other young person. I'm going to tell you something. This serving God's when you get old. I'm going to eat and drink and be merry, so to speak. I'm going to, I'm going to have my fun now. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to, I'm not going to serve God. You can go ahead and talk all you want to. I'm not going to do it because I'll just wait till later. And so in the wisdom, that dear lady sent FTD, a very unusual package to that young lady. She knew her, knew both of the teenagers, small town like Murray, Kentucky. And she sent a package to her and she opened it up and it was a flower box about this long and in that flower box was some wilted roses and she saw that it was from Miss McCarty and she said my goodness there must have been a mistake something must have got lost and she went to that dear lady's house and said I, I don't understand what happened but you sent me a dozen wilted roses she said I did that on purpose and by order because I heard the conversation you had with Susie the other day and that's exactly what you're doing with God. You're giving your life when you're wore out, when you're old, when you're wilted, when your energy's gone. And I wanted to illustrate to you that you're presenting Jesus wilted roses. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the message and the messenger. Thank you, dear God, for another day of life and strength and health that we probably have taken for granted and maybe even whined and complained about our little aches and pains. But God, thank you that you've entrusted us with life. And only one life so soon it will pass, only what's done for Christ will last. And God, help us to invest our life and help us to enjoy our life but God, help us, Lord, to learn lessons in our life and God, to, to grow. And God, help us to realize life is a stewardship. We need to fear God and we need to be responsible and we need to invest our lives and stop wasting it. Lord, some people I know spend their lives and others waste their lives, but God, you've called us to invest our lives. And so, dear God, help us. Help us, God, not to look back with regret as Solomon did. But God, help us to fear God and keep your commandments. And our life will be whole and our life will be fulfilled. And most of all, our life will glorify you, our intended purpose for being. And we'll praise you.